Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me today, the millionaire coach of millionaire coaches, Daniel Mangana. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. We are indeed, and uh, Daniel's going to be joining us in just a few moments. Alex, unfortunately, can't join us today. We're kind of sad that she's not going to be here, but she'll be back next week. Uh, but I do have a special guest joining me today. Her name is Leanne Stickle, and Leanne has quite the story because she got one of those terrifying kind of diagnoses a few years back, and she didn't let it stop her. She didn't, she, she, I mean, we're going to hear the story. The way I read her bio, it's like she didn't even blink. I suspect it was probably more than that, but we'll find out in just a moment. But Leanne, first of all, thank you for joining us on the program today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. And thank, thank you so much for having me. This is a treat. It, it's a lot of fun to have you as well. Um, so why don't you tell it in your own words? What exactly happened? What, what was, what happened on that day? And then how did you handle it? Yeah. So I'm going to have to take you back to 2009. So okay. I'm 29. I have four kids, six and under. It is not hard to imagine that I was distracted, right? Yes. All, the kids, <laughs> all the things, right? Like mom, 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 that that's what my day sounded like. So, mm. you know, early symptoms of something going on inside of me that was not exactly perfect. I dismissed, like, of course I was tired. Of course I had some numbness and tingling and had a pinched sure. nerve because I carried someone on my hip, right? Like it all made sense. And yep. I believe that I'm genetically optimistic. Like I know that my late grandfather was just like me and really, really believed that he had the world by the tail, right? Okay. And so when you look at life that way, you your rose colored glasses are so darkly tinted that sometimes you miss the red flags. And yeah. that it sounds lovely to be optimistic and it is, and it is such a gift that I'm super thankful for, but I did ignore some of the early signs. So I finally gave up because I was annoyed at the numbness on my left side. And I thought I just needed to go see a chiropractor, get straightened out, right? Like maybe I had a pinched nerve and that would sure. solve it because, you know, we all have like WebMD and we know what's wrong with us. Right, right, right. right of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter that we didn't go to medical school. We had it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's a common issue, right? Like one that we need to all address. Be aware, get checked out, do the tests, um, <clears throat> because there can be something going on. And for me, my family doctor was a gem. And he said, Leanne, you know what? If you were 69, I might just send you to a chiropractor. But since you're 29... I really want to check out some other things. And he sent me to a neurologist. And the whole time, while I did not believe it, that this was worth my time, you know, like, oh, my goodness, there's nothing really wrong with me, right? Like, I was a drink your water, eat your fruits and veggies, go for a walk, babies do, you know, born on their due date. Like, that's just, you know, I didn't have any health issues and I didn't have any concerns. So on October 23rd, I had gone through an MRI gone through like a physical in-person test with the neurologist. And here it's October 23rd. My husband doesn't even come with me because I won't let him. I'm like, don't take time <laughs> off of work. You know, like I'm good. I'm fine. You know, I just could not see the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. And so that makes it a long ways to fall. Right. Sure. And when the neurologist said, Leanne, we are 99% sure that you have multiple sclerosis. I, like my world dropped. I I honestly didn't really know that much about MS, but instantly pictured a wheelchair. Mm, sure. And it would not have surprised me if in that moment they put me in a wheelchair and wheeled me out of the doctor's office that I had walked into. Right. Well, you were I mean, a shock. I mean, I can understand why you would feel that way. Shock, devastation. I use all three floors of my home. I chase four little kids, right? And so immediately your mind goes to this mobility issue that maybe you've seen in posters, maybe you've seen in drug ads, maybe you know of someone or you know of someone that knows someone, right? There is connections that people have to chronic illness that mm -hmm. kind of give you a dangerous understanding of what it mm -hmm. is, right? Mm -hmm. Like just enough to scare you to death. Um, Which they're good so, at, by the way. Say that again. They're very good at scaring you to death. Yes. Yes. Very good. And the truth about chronic illness is that 
it's chronic. Hmm. It's forever. It, there's no cure. And at the age of 29, to be faced with something that is now yours forever, that's daunting, hmm. right? Like that was very, very overwhelming to a person that wakes up positive, wakes up happy, feels hope to think that this is now my story. This is who I am. This is part of my future. It just felt like so devastating. And so hmm. when you said it seemed like I didn't blink, Oh dear. I definitely blinked. You blinked. Yes. I blinked. And you know, I actually went into a period of mourning and I always tell people and I encourage that to mourn the future that you had pictured because now that looks different. Right. And so it is healthy to honor the hard, honor the sad that this is different. This wasn't the plan. This does make your bucket list harder for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Because of a number of reasons, chronic symptoms, chronic costs, chronic, all the burdens. Right. Yep. So <clears throat> that was a hard season. And I kind of went into a pity party like permanently for mm. a while. Mm -hmm. Why me? Like, this is not what I want to be talking about. This is not what I want sure. to learn about. This is not what I want to spend money on. Right. Yeah. So I, I share all of that could, to, for people to understand where I came from to be to here today. So here we are. We're 12 and a half years post-diagnosis. Okay. So a lot of lessons learned. And it took me getting sick of myself and that pity party to really move forward and say, okay, Leanne, that's enough of being sad right? You have to be in charge of your story. And let's talk now about what you can control because a diagnosis makes you feel completely out of control. Sure. That's understandable. Yeah. I think anybody could uh, appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And, and it's like, there's a lot of great reasons why I did not go to medical school. And one of them <laughs> is that I'm not interested. Hmm. Right. And now yeah. to be a good patient and a good advocate for yourself, you need to be interested. You need to learn and educate yourself and learn what all your options are and what's the best one for you. And, and, and like, oh, you know, <laughs> if you aren't dialed into that or enjoy it, that's another burden. Right. Another reason that you can have a bad attitude. In that sure. Season. Oh, well, it's not hard mm -hmm. to imagine how you could end up with that bad mm -hmm. attitude. And, and actually the, the, the victory is climbing out of it like you did and kind of getting back to who you originally were, which was certainly helpful because that gave you at least a place to go to. You knew it was there. You'd been there before. So that certainly helps. Um, but sure. yeah, anytime that we're dealing with stuff like that, that we have been conditioned to believe is permanently debilitating or, or, or even lethal. We react. I mean, that's just what we have been trained to do. And so it's not surprising at all you would have that kind of reaction. I think the more impressive part is when you decide to change your reaction. I know for me, that was something that was a big breakthrough moment for me. Now, I've never had um, that kind of a diagnosis, but I've, I've had, like most people, I've had my own trials and tribulations. And the, the biggest shock was learning that I could actually decide how I feel about stuff. And how I, how I think about stuff. I didn't have to be tied into whatever the official narrative was. I'm never really sure who issues the official narrative, but nevertheless, there's always an official narrative, right? And we're supposed to follow it, except we don't have to. So I'm, that's an empowering moment. It is. It is. And, you know, honestly, my personality is one that I really like to observe myself kind of going through experiences or even look back on them and reflect. And it's been in doing that that's helped me mm -hmm. to identify things that have helped me, right? Things that I can use to help others and share. And can we turn these these thing helpful tools into something that I can teach. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that has been really my journey in the last few years. But honestly, in the, in those beginning months, I finally just decided to lean into fitness. And I mean, Walt, I'm an academic, right? I am not mm -hmm. an athlete. I, <laughs> I exercise every day and I am not ripped or fast, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden I had a really powerful why. Mm, sure. If you think that your mobility could be taken away, you feel a lot more motivation to show up. Understandable. Yeah. Yes. And I kind of came up with a layman's theory that if I could walk today, it'd be more likely that I could walk tomorrow. Yeah. So 
Okay. I, I, I think it's actually quite reasonable. Yeah, it makes sense. And yeah. that clicked for me. Could I create muscle memory so that mm-hmm. even if I felt imbalanced, I could get on the treadmill and I could walk and I could remind my legs, this is how we do it. This is how it feels. This is right. And what was really cool is that I ended up tripping over a whole research study at the University of Illinois. And the exercise neuroscience lab was basically in agreement with my layman's theory. So like, who knew? Like, you know, maybe I missed my calling, but it makes sense to me. Uh, And I'll I'll tell you why it makes sense. I mean, when you mention what we think of as the poster child for MS, and I'm certain there is one, I honestly, perfectly honest, don't pay attention to the poster child because I have known one woman who has MS. And the only other experience I have with MS is a television character. Um, the uh, Martin Sheen played uh, uh, the president of the United States having the exact form of MS you have, the relapsing remitting version. Um, so those are the only two real experiences I have. And the woman that I know, the, I'm really impressed with her because from the moment that she had her diagnosis, like you, I mean, she, she went through her stuff first, but then she kind of turned it around in her mind. She runs a swing dance. She runs a monthly swing dance, has been doing it now for 25, 30 years, something like that. And basically, yeah, there have been times when she's been a little bit shaky. And, and when you dance with her, you have to kind of tone it down a little bit. But she doesn't let it stop her. And swing dancing, anybody who's ever done swing dancing, it, it takes some coordination. It takes a lot of stuff to do it. And she does it. And she does yeah. it effortlessly and I she does it. it because she decided she could do it. Mm-hmm. That yeah. decision is huge. I, I always tell people, don't look for motivation. Look for your reason why then yeah. motivation will show up when yeah. you have a powerful why for changing a behavior or creating a new habit. You'll just do it. You'll be motivated. You'll be excited about it because it matters right? You've figured out why it matters to you to do that. So I, I'm not typically 365 days a year. I'm not unmotivated to work Mm, out. mm -hmm. Most people are seeking for motivation and I believe they're seeking for the wrong thing. They really need to be looking for why it matters to them. Then they will magically be motivated and it's incredible. So I'm not ripped. I'm not fast, but I work out and that fitness piece changed my outlook because it was something I could control. It was a choice I could make. I could show up on the treadmill. I could be the boss of this space. And even though I didn't know what was going on with my body MS wise, if the drug was working, if, 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 um, I could show up and exercise. So I actually signed up for my first triathlon and that was because it was a bucket list item that I was worried couldn't get checked off later in life when I had originally thought I would do it, mm-hmm. right? Like in your forties, when you supposedly have time, except I'm in my forties and I don't have time. Um, so that's, that's like a secret. I shouldn't have let the cat out of the bag. Um, for all the, your like, secret is safe with us. I can promise you. <laughs> young mothers that are hopeful that when their kids are older, like, Oh dear, I have not found that yet. I have four teenagers and it is very, very busy. Um, <clears throat> But, somehow you're, you're smiling though when you say that. Somehow I think it, it isn't all that bad. <laughs> I love it. I'm living the dream, Walt. I'm living Excellent. the dream. There is no question. Um, so the triathlon was powerful because here I had a plan: swim, bike, run. Do this this day. Do this the next day. Do. I just looked at the plan. Okay, this is uh, this is what I'm doing today, and mm-hmm. it just forced me to show up in a way that felt so healthy, so good, and so powerful. And Today, with my clients, in any of my teaching, I always say, fitness, water, gratitude. We have to have those figured out before we can move forward and make progress in other space. Sounds so simple, and it is, but until people get fitness, water, and gratitude checked off, they're stuck, right? And they don't, it's very interesting. Anyways, hey, we have a new friend. This is uh, Daniel. Daniel, meet Leanne. She she is uh, our guest today, and she is telling us the story about how she, uh, a number of years ago, received a diagnosis of MS, and after getting through the initial shock and, and grief and so forth, basically applied all of her positive energy to turning her whole lifestyle around and saying, you know what, I'm not going to let this stop me. So, get it, Daniel, get meet it, Leanne. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> Lovely to meet you, Leanne. <laughs> nice to meet you too. And yes, that was an excellent, excellent synopsis of where we've been so far. So 
here I'm embracing fitness, right? And that made all the difference. It was just, like I said, a piece of the puzzle that I could have a say in. And that felt so powerful. So it wasn't until, so in 2017, I actually had a relapse. So a relapse is where you probably have a new lesion. So there's a lot of, how sciencey do we want to be? So central nervous system is brain, neck, spinal cord, right? And the, when you have MS, your immune system is coming in and eating the nerve. And the nerve is like a banana and it's eating the peel. And so when that coating, or like if you thought of an electrical wire, when that plastic coating on the electrical wire has been eaten off by a mouse, there is a disconnect. We short circuit. And so the issues, symptoms, numbness, imbalance, fatigue are all happening because of those short circuits. Okay. So I had a new lesion in 2017 and that was near my brainstem, which I call like the high rent district of your central nervous system, right? (laughs) Like it's like the New York city apartment of of your central nervous system. You don't want to mess around with the brainstem because we're talking paralysis, vision loss, Mm. right? Life changing by a ranch kind of like you're going to have to live different. Um, and so I had to change drugs and I had to do something really aggressive because I was really scared. Um, so uh, hold on, I'm going to mute and you guys think of a question. That's all right. No problem. (laughs) This has been quite the introduction. Hello, Mr. Walt. Hello, Daniel. We haven't talked in a while, have we? I know you were vacationing and I was away and now I'm back and then I'm running away. Then I'm back. Well, that's, that's okay. the Daniel Mangana lifestyle. He's always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to it. It's really crazy that, um, uh, I'm going to be back on the road now for pretty much two thirds of the rest of the year. Wow. I'm just literally t- lining up and going to a mastermind in Fiji in January. I'm going back to Necker Island in March. Um, April, I'm doing something really cool. So yeah, the travels are picking up again. Yeah, Leon, he had a really tough gig. He had to go visit with Richard Branson on his estate on Necker's Island. It, it was awful, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that does sound terrible. <laughs> you are not kidding with your title, Dreamer CEO, huh? He is. He truly is. He is a master at it. That's why I have him on the show. I mean, you always want to have the best people to talk to. That's why I have him on. Let me tell you. I love it. So anyway, so here we are, 2017, I go on an aggressive treatment and it was really a test for me because in some ways I felt like for the first almost eight years, that optimism worked, that being positive was the secret sauce and that Mm -hmm. my disease was not going to progress if I just believed Mm -hmm. that it wasn't going to. And Mm -hmm. that was a lovely space to live until it didn't work, right? And the disease did progress and I didn't get to live in my head in the sand world of like, maybe it will escape me because I believe it will. And that was a good lesson for me. And a lot of light bulb moments happened then because I was sad again, right? I was I felt the way I did when I was diagnosed. It didn't last as long. I gathered myself, made decisions quicker, moved forward but it created um, a lot of value to my story. Until that point with that relapse, I kind of thought I had it too easy. I have a great family. I have health insurance. And I didn't really share my story a lot. I'm extrovert is my middle name. And I will tell my story to anyone. And I will talk to everyone. But And I was willing to answer questions. But I didn't wear MS on my shirt front or on my forehead. And so I probably missed opportunities to share or to help others or to support others. And so in 2017, that changed. Now I had gone through enough hard. I don't know who decided how much hard we have to go through (laughs) for our story. But in my mind, I had finally crossed that amount of hard that, Leanne, you should share your story. You should meet people where they are. You understand people. And that's when I really started showing up online in spaces, creating my coaching program. All of that magic started happening after that relapse. So so you kind of treat that as crossing the Rubicon. Like this was a defining moment and and but it, it was it was there for 
to remind me I need to get out there. This is like a little kick I need to go out and say, here's my story. People need to hear it. Let's go do the work. Totally. Well, and you know, like when you have gone through experiences and you can actually say, I understand you, I've been there, that's powerful. And it was that realization. I can say that to a lot more people now. I have been there. I have gone before you. And, you know, really my coaching is not like, I I have no magic bullet for chronic illness. I wish I did. That would really be the ticket to wealth. But I know how to live with it. I know how to thrive, even living with a chronic illness. I know how to move forward and be excited about other goals. Are you cheering That's me on? That's a big on? deal. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the finger clap, the finger snap. Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is the gift that I really want to share. And I That's believe that being, po- yeah, I believe that being positive is like being a gifted musician. I, it doesn't matter how many lessons I take. I will never be a gifted musician. And you can see I'm sitting in the music room and I've taken a lot of lessons and I love it and it's worth it, but no one's ever going to pay me to play the piano. And that is okay. Right. But, and not, you may not be gifted in the positivity space. It may not come easy to you. You may wake up with a rain cloud over your head and that's okay. It's worth it to learn. It's worth it to practice and to get better at it. And it's worth it for me to share my gift and for you to appreciate that, right? Think about all the gifted musicians that we appreciate their gift. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. aren't hiding it because I'm not gifted, right. right? So why would I hide my gift? Because you're not good at it. It's crazy. And it's been a turning point in my whole philosophy about helping people be more positive. We hear it everywhere. We need to be more positive. We need to be optimistic. Positivity works. But what if you're not positive? And it's a challenge. This is actually a topic we address quite often here on the program because we live in a society where there are tons of opportunity to feel lousy. I mean, just like tons of them. And and it's, it's, it's just built in. It's baked into the culture. I mean, anyone who's into politics, hey, sorry, you're paying attention to negativity. Are you into watching the news? Guess what? You're into negativity. Do you like li- listening to or, or engaging in the entertainment world? Hey, I hate to clue you in, but most of it's negatively based. I mean, that's it, it's everywhere. You know, so it, it, of course it's going to be a challenge. Actually, it's almost more amazing when we encounter somebody like you who just finds that it just comes so naturally. Like if it, it's an easy thing and the rest of us say, how on earth does she do that anyway? But, but the <laughs> fact is we're dealing, we're all dealing with the same realm. We're, we're all dealing with the same world. And because of that, we're learning. Some of us are choosing not to, some of us are running away from it, but some of us are saying, you know, I can see the benefits. I can, yeah. I can tell the benefits. And, and personally speaking for myself, I have experienced the benefits of just yeah. shifting and, and working to shift. Sometimes it felt like I was working my way through molasses, but mm-hmm. you know, I would take my little tiny steps. And over time, I, not only can I see it, my, I, I got co-hosts who tell me I, I've seen so much growth in you in the last few years, you know, so I know it's I've, happening. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it was that very statement, like, Oh Leanne, this has come so easy to you. Oh, you know, when, after I have a conversation with you, I feel like I have a better outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it was those conversations and comments just from friends, family, acquaintances that yeah. also encouraged me to move this direction and uh, look back and observe what am I doing different? What is it that is everyday default for me that I could teach and people mm-hmm. could practice? And I want people to forget me. I want you to forget where you <laughs> learned it and it just become who you are, right? Mm-hmm. It's sure. not, it's important to me to help one patient at a time. And I focus on women with chronic illness because I understand them. But sometimes my chronic illness is my credibility on my resume. And oh, people yeah, come to of me course. and say, if you can do it, Leanne, I want to learn from you because I don't have a chronic illness. And I'll have people say, now I don't have a chronic illness, but will you still work with me? Of course. And I, sure. I love that, but you know, but I, it, I, it gives you credit. It gives you what they call street cred because you've been there. You know what it's like. 
I mean, it's yeah. reminding totally, uh, I, I told you a bit uh, before we started today's episode, I told you a bit about the history of the podcast. Um, and I mentioned how I got things started. I was really enjoying it and so forth. Um, struggling the first year to get guests and then I figured out, get a co-host. Well, my co-host, my very first co-host was a gentleman named Joel Elson, who is, who at that point was a therapist. He's now a life coach. Um, but he was a therapist working in the Richmond, Virginia area. He was a, he, he, he says he is a recovering gambling addict. Let me tell you, he's already recovered long past that, but he'll tell you that he's a recovering gambling addict. Um, <laughs> and he act, actually ended up long, long, long story. He ended up going through this horrible time where he, uh, stole money. He ended up in Las Vegas, gambled all the money away, homeless, eating out of a dumpster behind a McDonald's. I mean, there's a whole story that went along with that. He went to, to jail. He, you know, he, he went through all this other stuff. And then later on, he finds himself working with boys caught, caught in the foster system and not just any boys, the ones who are the worst cases who are telling him, you can't possibly understand what I'm going through. And his response is, yes, I can. And here's why. And their mouths fall open. That kind of credibility is huge. And, and I mean, it's a different set of characteristics, but it's the same story. You have your own credibility through your own story because you've been through the hell of, of experiencing the diagnosis of, of MS and dealing with it on a day to day basis. And well, you can, you can relate to somebody who's been there. That is huge. That, that it's breaks through huge. all kinds of barriers. Totally. And I can't tell you the number of people that will start a sentence like this. Leanne, this is going to sound crazy. And then they tell me something and it doesn't sound crazy to me. Right. That, that is so affirming to a person mm. to hear from someone that like me, that's making progress, that has feels content with her life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that contentment is what we're all really going for. And I believe that we find contentment in progress. When we feel like we're making some progress, we will be much more content with our life. We are not going for a check mark. We are never going to be perfect. That is not the goal. That is not the expectation. The goal is progress. The people that recognize that they are a work in progress make more progress. Yet everyone is a work in progress. But the mm. people that hold on to that, believe it, live it, they're the ones that are winning. And it's just so powerful. It's it's so the, the way you described it is interesting. I got to interrupt for a second there. The, the way you described that is interesting because you said, I think we all want to be contented. And then you describe how it's all about making progress. And I hear what you're saying. I just know in my own mind, the moment that I'm thinking about progress is the moment that I'm no longer feeling contented. Like I, I really don't want to feel contented right now. I want to make progress. So it's just a different way of thinking about it. It's perfectly legitimate. It's just a different way of thinking about it. And I like, I like the way you're thinking about it. It's cool. I just think that, you know, we all have this long list of goals or expectations or ideals that we want for our life or for ourselves. And you might get a check mark in one space, but that just means that you're ready to work on the next space or the mm -hmm. next self-improvement, the next goal, right? It's just so powerful. Yeah. And I've found for myself in 42 years, I am always working towards something. And yeah. it doesn't mean like it's heavy lifting. It doesn't mean it might mean I'm drinking eight ounces more of water, right? But I'm making mm -hmm. progress in a space that's healthy. So, okay. So I want to go back really quick because, so okay. we talk about dealing with the crummy. And one of the tools that, that I teach is perspective. Perspective is so powerful and it, it seems really obvious that we should have a healthy perspective, but I'm going to give you a tangible example that literally clicked for me within the first couple months after my diagnosis. So okay. my left side was numb, right? I shared that. Mm -hmm. That was one of my mm -hmm. loudest, earliest symptoms. Really fatigue was equally loud, but I mm -hmm. discounted the fatigue because of waking up with little kids. Yep. And now I look back and realize that while that did contribute, it really was a fatigue that wasn't solved with a nap. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my left side is numb. I get the diagnosis and I swear my left hand became more numb. Well, it of course. Actually, but my focus was there, right? And yeah. I would, I would look at my left hand and I would just be salty. I would just be crabby. Like this, this yeah. left hand was telling me, Leanne, you have MS. You have a chronic illness. This is who you are. You are 29. Your friends don't have to go through this. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just all these emotions. And I would be so salty. <laughs> Sure. Well, so, and, and this, this, this isn't just a mental thing either, by the way. There, there is actually a physical side to this. I'm not sure if you're aware yes. of this. 
but there's a, there's a definite physical side that when you give your attention to this to the stuff that you don't like, you're going to get more of it fast. And 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 they actually can now measure it physiologically. I, this is yeah. something my sister in law told me about. She was um she was pursuing a degree at that point in neuroscience. Interestingly enough, um she ended up getting her PhD in statistics, but she did so much work that she could have gotten in the neuroscience. I think. Um, but anyway, she was telling me how with all the diagnostic and and test equipment they have these days, they could literally wire somebody up in a lab and they could track from the moment that the person has a thought through the nervous system, through the endocrine system, through the blood system, through everything down to a site of injury or illness. And if the thought was a negative thought, all of a sudden everything will start dying. All the cells will start dying. Everything, the body will like, like in being collapse mode 90 seconds later. And if they reverse the process and get the person to think about something they're happy and joyful and so forth, instead of that happening, all the signals will go down through the same system and you'll see healing going on in the exact same spot 90 seconds later. So there's a yeah. definite physiological side to this. It's wild. And, you know, we, I referenced the studies at U of I, and really that's one of their theories is that we know that fitness helps our, our cardiovascular system. We know it yeah. helps our muscular system. So why wouldn't it help our central nervous system? And they, you know, I participated in a lot of research where you would take oh, you a have. cognitive test. Yeah. You would take a cognitive test, do a workout, take a cognitive test again, and realize that you'd actually done better right after you worked wow. out. But, but anyways, okay, so I, I diverted. So here I am, my left Well, I diverted now. you, so you can blame me for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have been blamed for being windy, so you just have to keep me on track. <laughs> no, um, no, you're not bad. I've, let me tell you, I have had so many guests. You're easy. No problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyways, so my left hand. Well, this, this is a practical watch, but I love watches. I like cheap ones, fancy ones, loud ones, all the watches. And okay. in that moment, I'm looking at my left hand and I notice my really cute watch. And I think to myself, good job, Leanne. Good job for buying that cute watch. Like that was money okay. well spent. Okay? okay. And this is just my personality. Like I notice that it's a distraction and it takes my attention away from my left hand. And I now have a thought process about something that brings me joy. It's a little yeah. thing. Um, but I started calling it my frosting. And I believe that life can be like dry, crummy cake. Not the plan, not what you were hoping for, not the goal, right? But we're stuck with it. I can't change this chronic illness diagnosis. It is mine and I have to deal with it. And so when we bake a cake in the kitchen and we don't get what we wanted, what do we do? Right. Well, we people go have to different cupboard. responses. Some people just, you know, stop and throw it in the trash and say, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but when it's your kid's birthday and you used up all your ingredients, you're going to go ah, to the cupboard and get frosting. You might up. need yeah. jars. Right. Yeah. And so I started looking at my life and all the things that make your day sweeter, whether it's the sunshine, healthy kids, your dog, new Birkenstocks, old Birkenstocks, a call from a friend, a text from your grandma, whatever those things are, that by acknowledging them, noticing them, appreciating them was like applying frosting to the cake. Mm -hmm. I knew that everybody, including me, had wonderful things I have wonderful things in my life, but when we don't acknowledge them, when we don't pause and notice and appreciate, oh, yes. it's like frosting in the jar. It's not helping yeah. the cake. It's still nope. frosting. It's still sweet. But to actually have an impact on our cake or on our life, we need to have a practice, really a gratitude practice. And mm. so my frosting theory has helped me for over a decade. I, I celebrate frosting Fridays. We talk about it in our house, all the things that are frosting. And it's frosting incredible. Fridays. I love that. That's a great name. I really like that one. Thank you. It's just interesting when, and it, there's a wonderful domino effect when I share that I love my Birkenstocks and then my friend's like, oh my word, I bought those same Birkenstocks and I love mm -hmm. mine too. Now mm -hmm. she had a moment where there was more value to this purchase that she made six months ago. Sure. But, oh, yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, my hand was less numb. Yeah, I believe it. And Right. Because my perspective changed, because my focus changed. So the power of that tool is insane. 
So if you, I can, you, teach you are people, you are hitting on something here that we that we talk about a lot: the power of appreciation or gratitude, whichever way you want to look at it. And, and I can't tell you how many episodes I told you how many episodes we had done. I can't tell you how many of them have addressed it, but it's probably close to forty, fifty percent of them where we have at least at one point during the episode mentioned it because it's such an important thing. So here you come in and you're talking about how you've had this wonderful effect dealing with this this really dread disease, and you're, you're using appreciation to get better, like. Oh man, this is like right in our wheelhouse. This is fabulous. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I had to let you know you're you're hitting the nail right on the head. I'm I, I'm glad that we are in violent agreement. Well, I love violent it. agreement. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just incredible. And so what? Here's the thing: you can buy all the skincare in the world, but if you don't use it, it's not going to help your skin. So I can teach people all the tools, right? But if they are not practicing them, if they're not lifting the weights, if they're not applying the anti-aging cream, nothing is going to actually work. So I love learning, okay? And I so much so that I have decided that education is the most honorable form of procrastination. <laughs> because this is true, right? Well, I mean, I... I, I uh, yeah. Okay. I'm famous. That's for why I'm chuckling. And, I mean, this is like perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because, and so, and I say this right now because I can teach all your people, all the tools, mm -hmm. but if they don't use them, if they don't apply what they have learned, there will be no change. That's right. There won't. And, and that's the part of teaching the tools and people owning them and then kind of forgetting where they learned it. That's the part. That's like my dream, my vision, where people are like, I don't even remember. I've been doing this for so long that blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where it came from. Mm -hmm. That's my vision is to teach these to so many people, for them to pick up the book, to hear the speech, to walk away, have interactions with the people that they love differently, to have interactions with the challenges differently to move through their day in a way that is actually more positive. They mm -hmm. feel more positive about their life, about their day, about everything. And it's just so exciting because I know it's possible. Yeah, it is exciting, isn't it? it because it when you know that you're onto something that first of all resonates with you, and clearly this resonates with you, just the way that you're expressing yourself makes it very abundantly clear it resonates with you in a really, really big way. So whenever we're talking about something that, that resonates with ourselves, we're going to be excited about it. And we're going to, we're going to be in that space of, I can hardly wait to tell everybody else about this. I can hardly wait to see other people starting to adopt this into our lives. Totally. Honest, that's one of the reasons I do a podcast. I love the fact that I've been doing, doing this for years, working on myself, basically in front of an audience. And then getting emails and text messages and, you know, Facebook Messenger and so forth from people saying, oh, I was so inspired by that episode that you did the other day. I didn't expect that, but it comes anyway. And it just kind of keeps fueling that same fire. And all of a sudden, I get even more excited than I was before. So when I hear your excitement, I think, well, first of all, this is somebody who has been getting that kind of feedback. And so it's been helping to fuel her. But second of all, perhaps even first, if you want to put it in the right order, she already had it going. She already had that building and she's been building it all along. So I'm loving the story. I'm loving Thank the attitude. And I'm loving the way that you're, you, you just, you basically took lemons, turned it into a lemonade stand. Like my friend Heidi, who runs the Heidi lemonade stand podcast, oh, yeah. you, you, mm -hmm. you turned it into a lemonade stand and, and I love it. It's fabulous. Well, it's just so exciting because when, after people say, Leanne, how do you do it? How are you so positive? How, how, how? It was in those conversations that I, that I reflected and realized you can be this too. You can feel this way too. Mm. It doesn't mean that you're going to turn into the gifted musician, but you can enjoy music and you can sit down and play your piano and you can be more positive on your way to work because of tools that I have taught you. And mm. I love speaking, right? I mean, I, I love standing up and speaking and sharing my story. I can tell. Yeah, it's never like it doesn't take us very long to get to no, that. No, it's pretty it's obvious. Like, yeah, that's an obvious <laughs> here. Okay, but I don't want to just inspire people. I share my story for sure is part of what I teach, but I really, really want you to walk away and live 
differently, mm-hmm. to go into your day differently, to feel like you can deal with the hard parts better, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're stronger. You have lifted the weights and you will continue to do it. We don't get to do one workout and stay strong forever. So it has to be a constant practice. There's a lot of these things I don't write down. I don't have them in a habit tracker. It's just what I do. But other people, or maybe at the beginning, or something new I'm trying, I'm writing it down. I'm Mm -hmm. giving myself check marks. And it's just crazy. And it's just so exciting because it doesn't have to be just me that feels hope. Well, I mean, what you're describing uh, about how you really love it when people actually pick it up, start running with it and so forth. It's a very similar thing to the reason why I subtitled the program, Your Daily Dose of Happy. Because literally my goal with every episode is that when a listener tunes in and when they're done listening to the episode, they're in a better space than when they moved in. If, they, if, they, if they're feeling better than after they start listening to the episode, it's a win. And totally. so I, I think about it differently from the way you're thinking about it. You think about it in terms of literally how they're applying it in, in their lives. But really it's the same thing. We're asking oh, somebody to take yeah. something that, that we're creating and bring it into their life and make their lives better. Totally. And I mean, Walt, when I did my branding photos, I had donuts made because they made me smile. So my goal <laughs> with my pictures <laughs> was how do you brand happy and joy? How yeah. do you do that? Right. And so I had donuts made and had stacks of donuts because it's hard to look at a donut and not smile, especially if it's pretty, <laughs> especially right. And so, and, and one of my, one of my favorite pictures from that photo shoot, my kids were throwing sprinkles at me. Ah. And so because to create this like spontaneous joy, right? Because I want people to look at it and pause and smile it's just so powerful and it, 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 it has been a little bit of an elusive brand, but the photo shoot and my photographer really, really helped capture this bright sunshiny. Let's smile more. Let's... And, and I know what photo you're talking about by the way, cause you include it in, uh, we, we met through the pod match system and you include it in your list of pod match photos. So I know exactly which photo it is. And it's, it is a joyful photo. I mean, it's almost like you're in the midst of a, a, a parade on, on uh, wall street or something like that. You know, just <laughs> like the, the confetti pouring down on you is kind of what it looks like. And you got this big smile on your face. It's great. I love it. <laughs> but it is interesting. And I love that, you know, your daily dose of happy, it really, it, it does align with my mission and my hope for people. And it's, it, it's powerful. So, so here I, I am. I think it's important. I think it's really important. It is. It's totally important. And so here I am. I now have changed my perspective. I'm noticing frosting and that's helping a lot. Yeah. That was probably that and fitness changed my direction. It really closed the door on the pity party. And I'll tell you something that one of my clients said. She said, Leanne, you know what? My situation did not change, but my perspective did after working with you. And that is the goal, right? Because there's no cure. I can't solve symptom management. That's not my lane. That's not my expertise. Mm -hmm. But to help people with their mental strength. Can we maybe say that mental strength is the new self-care? Yeah. So I am the first, I love, go get your nails done, go to lunch with a friend, do all the things that are self-care, right? But can we do those every day? Probably not. We're all busy and schedules don't align. But what if we talked about mental strength as self-care? Where well, that's just it. I mean, because because self care doesn't have to be limited to just going to get your nails done. It, it can you can apply self care in a lot of different ways on a daily basis if you get creative exactly. enough. It's just just a question of are you willing to figure out what's going to be self caring for you on a daily basis? Exactly. So I am working through my this theory that mental strength really is the new self care. If I can be a good boss of myself. If I can be a good boss of my resources, if I can be a good boss of my energy and, and, and now we're talking now I'm really taking care of myself because I'm in charge up here and I'm not Mm -hmm. letting those outside. You talked about the world around us and I should probably give a disclaimer that 
Okay. I would rather be uninformed than misinformed. And so I consciously make a choice to be somewhat uninformed about some things happening in the world mm-hmm. that I can have no impact on. Mm-hmm. And some of that comes from a skepticism of information out there and being concerned about being misinformed and mm-hmm. letting that have an impact on my day, my life, my relationships, my progress. Sure. So that's a conscious choice of mine and that doesn't work for everybody and that's okay but it does well well, the part that does work for everybody is being able to make a conscious choice it may not be that particular one but it's the activity of making a choice and and deciding what am i going i've got i've got options right now which option am i going to take rather than well i'll just go with whichever one because that that's basically just giving in and saying i'm just going to go with default you know default for the rest of my life Exactly. And that's a terrible plan. And it's so exciting when people can choose a goal and make progress towards it. I always laugh and say, my mom has to tell me when there's a tsunami because I really don't know, (laughs) you know, that there's a, she'll be like, Leanne, there's a tsunami over across the world, you know? And, but I was doing just fine in my space and I had enough on my plate Mm -hmm. without worrying about the tsunami. And I admire the people that are invested and do all the things in all the places, um, but they're not, right? We can only do the things in our space and show up in the places that we've identified are super important to us that are a priority. Let's be careful about saying priorities. Let's talk about priority, right? And show up in a big way and make a big difference. So I, in that... And I I know we didn't really mention this, but I did start a nonprofit eight years ago to raise money for patients living with MS. And that's a good space for my volunteer hours because it is a one event wonder. It's a kid's triathlon. So we talked about the triathlon that I signed up for that changed my story. I soon realized that I wanted to fundraise and to help patients because the chronic costs are such a burden to so many families that don't have insurance like I do. And that felt like a. it's always good to do something good with the crummy part of your story. So, so powerful to say, I'm going through this hard thing. And because of that, and because my eyes are open, I can do something good for someone else. Crazy amazing. So I started the nonprofit and while our primary goal is to raise money for those patients, our secondary goal is to inspire kids to love fitness. Oh, very good. Because, right, it made such a difference in my life. Yeah, And sure. so many people view fitness as a prescription. The doctor says, you need to work out, right? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants a prescription. They do not want, and, and that's the way they view movement and fitness. So what if we backtracked and helped kids fall in love with fitness and there's nothing like race energy. I mean, it's so exciting. It's addicting. Everybody shows up. They've worked hard to show up and do well, right? It's just amazing. People are there cheering volunteers. Everybody's there together. I can't even tell you. I still have a buzz going because it are we, it's the second Saturday in June every year and we've mm-hmm. hosted it for eight years and we've raised a lot of money. And it feels so good. And, you know, the money raised is amazing, but the kids that come up to me and say, I can't wait to come back next year and I'm going to beat my time. And thank you, Mrs. Stickle. And Mm -hmm. it's just the best. It's the best day and the best event. And I forget why I shared that. You're talking about the, well, you're talking about the, the benefit of joy. I mean, you were bringing it up in the context, obviously, of your nonprofit, but you're really bringing it up in the context of what we were talking about a moment ago, choosing joy. We get to make choices in our lives. Um, and Dan actually had to, to, to uh, duck out for a little bit because he had something that came up in the midst of the, of the show here. Um, so he kind of missed a really important por- portion because you were talking about how you knew you couldn't you, you couldn't have that perfect life. You couldn't get to the perfect place you wanted to be in. So you started just doing little things that you could do. And I kept thinking about a theme that Dan teaches all the time. He teaches it to his clients. He teaches it here on the show and so forth. The idea of what he calls micro steps. 
taking little micro steps every step along the way. Dan, she was doing a beautiful job of teaching your program. You should have heard it. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sure Leanne added her own secret spice to it. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And and her secret spice is, is just absolutely pure optimism. This is, this is one of the most optimistic women I've ever met in my life. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry sorry so about kind. that. I, I, I had a call from my business partner in Dubai and it was late over there. So I was like, what's going on? And he had to take care of some stuff. So yeah, I'm sorry a, I missed it. No problem. Oh. No problem at all. Absolutely. No You're problem. good. I mean, I, I have four <laughs> teenagers, like the amount of interruptions that I have endured for the last 19 years. This is nothing. <laughs> 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 I am sure that that's true. So, okay. Um, we, well, we've, ta- we've covered a lot here. We've covered some really great stuff. And, and, uh, one of, the, one of the, the other things that we talked about, Dan, that you kind of missed, we spent a lot of time talking about the beauty of joy and the beauty of happiness and how much it can actually, um, you know, the act of choosing, uh, what you're going to give your attention to and what you're not going to give your attention to and how you're going to feel about stuff can have you know, wondrous impacts on your life. We, we've talked about that a lot here on the show. Well, Leanne was giving us direct examples of how it actually helped her deal with this condition that she deals with on a daily basis and has actually helped her to achieve instant improvement. She could feel improvements just because she's been focusing on feeling good and focusing on what she loves and focusing on what her dreams are and, and not getting hung up on what she could easily be hung up on. Uh, it's been truly inspiring. So, Leanne, I got to ask you now, now that we've kind of laid the foundation, laid the groundwork, so to speak, you work with women primarily who uh, often have a similar condition, although you also made the point that sometimes they don't have a, a condition like that, but they want to work with you anyway because they're so inspired by you. Um, so that's where you've, you've been so far. Where are you going next, though? Is, are you just continuing this path or are you growing it out? Are you branching it in some way? Okay. So really the goal is coach, author, speaker right? The, the author part is about 10,000 words in and I don't have it all nailed down, but because it has to be different, it has to be usable and it has to be like, you're going to flag the pages. It, It just, it's not my memoir. It's going to be a usable tool for people to have in their purse, in their back pocket, stick it in your glove compartment. That's my vision for the book. But my coaching it is one-on-one and or group. I do a group program and I call it a bring the joy boot camp. And I spend four weeks with them, teaching them tools to be more joyful, to be more positive and make more progress. I, I don't know if you were here, Dan, but I feel like contentment is found in progress. When we are making progress, we feel more content. When we're making no progress, we feel less content. And really contentment equals happiness. And I think sometimes, you know, choose happy and all of that, it gets a bad rap. And I wish it was like, choose content. How do we find mm-hmm. contentment? And because that's just a touch deeper. Not that I think we need to be deep, but it is. It's kind of, it's been my investigation into happy. So coaching, group coaching, speaking, and hopefully author. But I mean, have you guys, have you authored a book? It is to be a challenge for this girl. Dan has actually authored bestsellers. So yes, the answer to that question is yes. And I, I have all authored my own book and I've also helped edit a book. So we, we, we get it. We know exactly what you've been through on that. And it's, it's, it's a journey. It's like all this stuff. It's a journey going through writing a book. And it, it's a, I think it's a helpful journey, not only to, to the people that you're writing to, but to yourself. I do. And honestly, you know, it is very motivating because I was there 12 years ago. And so to create something that I know would have helped me, that comes from a very honest place. And it's my, my vision is clear. And I feel like a book is the best business card for speaking. It helps people to understand your content, what you're bringing to the table, the value that you could bring to their group, right? Why would they hire me as a speaker? Well, a book would help that. So it's, it, we are moving all the puzzle pieces or all the game board pieces at the same time, which is probably not advised, but I'm an Enneagram three, you know, I'm a firstborn. I just am going to keep going and get the check marks. I'm an Enneagram three as well. See, we have to stick together. Our multitasking should not be shamed. <laughs> <laughs> I always say I, I had four kids five years on purpose. 
And I did. I had four kids in five years on purpose and it is lovely and amazing. And empty nest is going to be extremely sad and fast. That was a downside that I did not predict. Uh, but <laughs> here we are. It was kind of inevitable, but nevertheless, yeah, it probably wasn't the first thing on your list when you said, yeah, I want to do this. No. And what I wanted was for four kids that we could all go do things together, right? We'd be in the same space together and we have done that. And unfortunately mm-hmm. now they're all going to exit and then I'll be left with the dog and you know, it, it's all good. This is, I'm in a new chapter and because of my relapse in 2017 and the space that 2020 created for me, that's why I'm here today because of those things, the stars kind of aligned for me to head this direction and realize a dream that I hadn't paused long enough to realize. So it's really exciting and I love what I'm doing. And and tying into what we were talking about earlier, this is leading to another one of of those junctions where you get to make a choice. How am I going to respond to this situation? All of a sudden I'm an empty nester. That's what you're, you're pointing toward right now. And when Mm -hmm. you get there, you will have, You'll have actually a number of different choices, but you'll have that one big overarching choice. How am I going to respond to this? Am I going to be depressed and, you know, crawl into my corner or am I going to go out and do the next phase of my life? And what's that going to look like? And what do I want it to look like? And you're choosing exactly. the Totally. And, you know, I think that the hard things, it's really good to make peace with them. And I encourage my clients to kind of put them on a shelf, like to actually visually picture putting your chronic illness on a shelf because it gives it a lot of respect and you know, it's handy. Like it's just right there. And if you need to get it down and learn more or do more research, you can, but let's just put it on the shelf so that it's out of our way and we can focus over here on things that are exciting to us and interesting to us and going to actually move the needle and I can have a say in and, and, and it's a big deal to work with a life coach to step back from your life and look at the big picture because how many times do you actually do that? And, you know, I boil life down to six areas and people think their life is so complicated and it's six areas, you know, and we can really dial into what you want to improve pretty quickly. So anyways, well, all right, well then that leads to the obvious question. Let's say somebody wants to work with you or perhaps they just want to learn more about you or they just want to find out you know, what your story is, or maybe they just want to be on the list when you have your book come out. So how, how do they find Leanne Stickle? Yep, super easy, uh, leannestickle.com. I spend the most time on Instagram at I am Leanne Stickle. And at the beginning of the year, I started a Facebook group because as much as I love Instagram, it's not as community-esque as a Facebook group. So because, because I was kind of craving connection or helping people connect with other people and wanting to facilitate that, I did start a Facebook group called Not Defined by Chronic Illness, and that's free too. So any of those places you can find me. Really, really good. I love this. Awesome. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, Dan, Dan I, I kind of feel bad because I really wanted to have more of a chance to catch up with you and include you in the conversation, but you, you I got to tune in. There. I got to tune in and was late and had to run off, but it was great to uh, hear from Leanne and share her with the audience. I'm sure everyone's going to be inspired to be more content in their lives. Your daily dose, your daily dose of content. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, and, and I think, you know, Walt and I talked about this lean into hope. There is hope for you. If you think that you, I mean, if you are naturally pessimistic, skeptical, right? You wake up with a rain cloud, there's hope for you. You can become more positive. It doesn't mean that you're going to be Sally Sunshine, but you can learn and you can practice Mm -hmm. and get better at it. And it's just such a beautiful thing for people that feel frustrated with that part of their personality or that part of their life. So that's the hope really that I want to offer. And, you know, sharing my story is telling everybody, like, I have proved these tools. This isn't just like, you know, clicking my heels. I live at Disney World life, right? It's, this has been tested. I have lived it and it hasn't been easy, but it's worked. So anyways, you have to, you have to shut me off. Just, Leanne, we're turning you off. I will never stop talking. <laughs> I think you just gave a beautiful summary to, to the entire program. So I, I don't think there was anything that needed to be turned off there. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. And I have attempted a podcast, so I know how much work it is. So thank you for the, all the your efforts. The first hundred are the get... tough ones. 
the first hundred are the tough ones. After that, it gets really easy. I promise. It really does. <laughs> you, Daniel knows. He's a, a podcaster. Sense. He knows what it's like. <laughs> Is yeah. it true or false, Dan? The, the, fir- the first of the, pre- first pre- the hard pre- ones. Pretty darn true. Yeah. yeah. Once, once you get past the fact that two people listen to your first hundred or so, yeah. then... Then you can just start having some fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, all well, right. You guys make a good sales pitch for us. So maybe I'll well, get back go. at it. Yeah. yeah go for it. You got, you got a lot to say. Say it. I think it's important. I think it's very important. Well, thank you, first of all, for, for spending the time telling us about it and sharing the story with us. And thank you for what you're continuing to do. And, and Daniel, I, I, I'm looking forward to perhaps getting at least a couple more visits before you go off on your world tour. So, you know, yeah, keep, yeah, keep, I'll, keep I'll be, in. I'll be in. I'll be, I'll be here next week. I can jump in. Then the weekend off, the week after that, when I'm in Europe, it's going to be easiest. When I'm in Dubai, it's just not going to happen. It's like two o'clock in the right. morning. It's just no bueno. Yeah. That so, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, we're, we're looking forward to the ones when you are going to be there. So indeed. Yeah. Very good. Thank you very much. And, right. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We appreciate you so much. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.